Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Investor Lab, the auditory epicenter for passionate people seeking a life of freedom, choice, and abundance. And on today's show, I spoke with Brad Bedford, who is a former gym owner turned business coach and now property investor. And what we talked about today was really interesting. We talked about his journey from you know being a personal trainer all the way through to where he is now. The fact that growing up, he didn't really have anyone around him who was a property investor and how he has now started his portfolio and is starting to scale it already. And what that means for him and his family and how that's shaping his future. We talked into a little bit about mindset, and sales, and all kinds of good stuff. So it was a really great conversation that hopefully is going to give you some insights into how you can think about business, life, and property investing for yourself. So without any further ado, let's get stuck right into it, and I'll see you on the inside. Hey guys, welcome back to the Investor Lab. Joining me on today's show is Brad Bedford. Brad, how are you? Yeah, absolutely awesome, Goose. How about yourself? Mate, I'm awesome. Good to see you again. It's been a little while since we last chatted. What's been happening? It's been, it's been a couple of months. Obviously, heaps of travel for work. Obviously, over I was over in Sydney the other week at a fitness expo presenting. Um, I settled on my first property um, since we last spoke. Yay! And obviously, getting the next one. So, exciting times ahead. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. I, I want to dig into that. That's for, that's for sure. But I'm interested, um, like how you said you went presented at a uh, fitness expo. So it would have been a couple of years since you've been able to do live events and stuff. What's that, what's that like getting back into that? Yeah, it's been a couple of years since they've even had the expos in general. And this is the one we actually went and presented at. It's their first one they've ever actually hosted because they wanted to get started. Obviously, then COVID happened and things yep. like that. So it was their sort of inaugural event, which was awesome. And it was actually my first event presenting um, since I sold my fitness business. So now I've moved into sort of business coaching space. Um, it was my first, um, I suppose, on-stage appearance as a, as a business coach. So that was really exciting. Yeah, fascinating, fascinating. So, mate, I'd love to actually, uh, I'd love to dig into this actually because why don't we take a little step back and tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Where are you from? And what do you, you mentioned you're a business coach. Let's, let's kind of go into the backstory. Yeah, for sure. So I suppose I've been uh, you know, in the fitness industry sort of since I left school in, in 04. Um, I went FIFO for a couple of years. And um, during my FIFO time, I suppose I bought my first property at 21, yep. um, knowing that that's sort of what I wanted to do, get myself set up. And then came back from FIFO, opened up a, a gym essentially, mm. and ran that for sort of the last five years. Um, and during the last, I suppose, 18 months, I was working with a, a business coach, um, Jimmy, and he sort of found some traits in me that he he really liked. Um, and I started doing some work for him inside of his coaching program yeah. until I suppose his business blew up to a point during COVID um, and off the back of COVID where he actually offered me a full-time job. And I was sort of ready to make the transition from gym owner into more of you know, helping gym owners you know, get better at sales and marketing. So uh, in September last year, I sold the gym. Yep, and essentially now now work with Jimmy. Um, he calls me his business partner. Officially, I'm not. I'm just an employee. Um, but but him and I essentially run run the company in a really tight. And it's been, in all honesty, a great transition for me because that happened at the same time as I had my my first daughter. So now I'm working from home and get to spend more time with her. So it's been a, a sort of great transition. Awesome. So you've gone the the whole entrepreneurial gauntlet, and now you're able to actually take some of that experience about to share that back with other people that's pretty awesome yeah and i've always really enjoyed like giving back so even when i was a, like a personal trainer um in my first couple of years of being a personal trainer i started to run the cert three and cert four for personal trainers to help upskill yeah. them so it's always been something i've wanted to do give back and 
I wanted to have a massive impact and help people become healthier and fitter. And obviously being a gym owner, you can only help so many people, right? So yeah. I was sort of limited where now if I can help, you know, if we can help a thousand gym owners and they all help a hundred people each, the impact that I can have and it's very selfish, the impact I can have is a lot bigger. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. So what are, what are the, I'm interested to know from your journey in like, we'll call, we'll call it direct fitness. So personal training, like helping people on a one-on-one basis to get fit to gym owner, right? To now coaching gym owners, right? What are the similarities between all of those stages? Because uh, I think that there's, I, I'm listening to you talk and I'm thinking pretty sure that each one of those things is going to have the same kind of mindset challenges, right? Yeah, they, they definitely, and again, most of them are mindset challenges. You know, when you're, you're dealing with, you know, as a personal trainer, you're dealing with clients and getting them to make behavioral change. Yeah. And then, you know, you become a gym owner. You're now obviously still working with clients in regards to behavioral change, but you're also managing the staff inside of that facility and, mm. you know, their mindset and their behaviors. And then again, you know, now again, on a larger scale in the business coaching space, it's working with the coaches in regards to you know, the mindset that they have but also how they communicate with their with their clients, how they communicate with their staff and how they communicate with their messaging, their sales to grow their business. Yeah, interesting, interesting. So what, what's, what motivates you? Because like in order to do that, in order for you to be able to give your energy to other people, right, in order for you to be able to then go on the entrepreneurial journey, build your own gym, all that kind of stuff, what's, what, what drags you forward? Like what inspires you? Yeah, I, I really like think that you know there's so many people that are just unhealthy because they're uneducated and yeah. they're not sure how to get results and there's so much information out there on the internet mm. um, and people are jumping from thing to thing so i really think that you know if we can just get people off the couch and moving mm. you know the health health and fitness has so many more aspects in your life than people actually realize you know if you want to be a better parent if you want to be a better you know employee a better boss a better partner a better you know, mother father daughter if you're healthier and fit, you can just live so much, um, I suppose, a better life because you have you know, more energy, better sleep, all those sorts of things all correlate. And you know, mental health is such a big thing in this day and age. So just helping people, I suppose, realize the power of exercise and eating well yeah. affects their whole life. Yeah. One of the hardest things people have got in that whole kind of, I'm, I'm really into fitness, not, I haven't always been successful at it, right? But I'm into I'm into understanding and one of the biggest one of the biggest challenges people have and i see the massive correlation here between uh health and fitness business and investing right but how do you stay on track like how do you do you have any tricks or any any habits that you deploy yourself in your own life to be able to stay on track towards your goals yeah and every, like it's okay to fall off the bandwagon right <laughs> everyone thinks yeah. they have to be it's all or nothing and the biggest thing that you know it's just about doing something each day that moves yeah. you forward so like if it's exercise and you can't get to the gym today that's fine go for a walk if you know you're an you know you're looking at investing you know and that's what i'm going to do then cool spend 15 minutes a day and just educate yourself slightly more yeah you know because all of those things just small daily habits are going to move you in the right direction yeah what was the biggest lesson that you learned as a gym owner you reckon um the biggest lesson that is a really really good question i suppose a big one that i always say like opportunities um, you know, aren't given to you, you know, you go and find them. Mm. So and, you know, as, a, as a, everyone's like, oh, there's no leads. We'll go out and make an opportunity where you can go and create leads. You know, there's always ways where you can go and find things um, and don't wait for them to come to you. 
yeah, it's kind of like extreme ownership, right? It's always like definitely. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, love that. And what do you think is the biggest transformation that you're able to help uh, business owners have now, like in your, in your coaching? Where's the biggest roadblock that you help them get through? Yeah, definitely. So, so Jimmy looks after like the marketing aspect of yeah. the business, yeah. and I'm the sales guy. Like, I absolutely love sales and the sales process. Yeah, right. The biggest, the biggest thing for me is un- getting people to understand that sales is just a skill, yeah. and like anything, it can be trained. So, a lot of gym owners and personal trainers join the industry because they want to help people make change. Mm. They don't join the industry because they're good at marketing and they're good at sales. They just think they have to learn along the way. Yep. So you know, most, most trainers are very you know, processed focused. They understand that you know, a squat, a deadlift, all these exercises are just skills. And if you practice, you'll get better. So it's getting them to realize that sales is exactly the same. The more time you spend practicing sales as a skill, mm. then you can get better at it. And obviously, if you want to help people, you have to sell them into your program. Well, everything, no every, everything in life is sales, right? This is the, the, oh, definitely. This is the thing I think where a lot of people go wrong. They hear a lot of people hear the word sales, right, and they think, you know, some kind of slimy kind of, you, you know, they think it. They they have this it, this idea of sales as being this thing that it's not. To me, to me, sales is everything, right? Everything you do in life, you're selling someone, right? Whether it be like me trying to convince Gabby that we should have, you know. Some certain fish and chips for dinner, and she wants Indian yeah, or whatever. Like, right? I'm selling her on the fish and chips, and you know? I'm like, all right, yeah. it's going to be good. It's, like, it's going to be healthy, you know, whatever you know. So, uh, you've all everything in life is a sale, and I I think that um, part of the joy about that is is the communication and the connection that you get to have. It's not about the like a lot of people think sales is is getting someone to pay for something, but actually a transaction is something that sits outside of the actual sale. The sale is a transformational moment that happens between two people where where uh, ideas ideas change and energy gets shifted. I think it's I think it's awesome. Yeah, definitely, especially in the fitness space. Like, if you can help someone realize that they have you know problems and they may not even been aware of some of the problems they were facing, yeah, and then you can give them a solution. How how is that sleazy? How is that something that you you don't want to do? If you want to help people, mm. it's something that you have to do and have to become good at to obviously have a bigger impact. Yeah, I think you I think you hit nail on the head there because it's like because I'm sure everyone's experienced a sale had a sales experience where they've dealt with someone who has not behaved in a way that, you, that is something that you want to hang out with. But like, but realistically, if you've got a solution to a problem and somebody has that problem. Then and you say, "Hey, I've got a solution to the problem. Would you like the solution?" <laughs> you know, it's yeah. not, it's not, it's not that hard, right? So, see, and that's the thing where people don't, when people don't have the sales skills, yeah, they think it's sleazy because they start trying to just sell the product. Yeah, where if like anything, if you if you show someone the solution to their problem, mm. that's a smoother process. You know, you become like I say, you want to be like a problem finder and a problem solver, yeah. not a product pusher. I love that. I, I actually have that written down. I actually have that written down. Yeah, yeah. Love that. Love that. <laughs> Big difference. Yeah, 100%. So, okay. So, that's awesome. So, you're able to now, and the cool thing, what I, lo- what I love about what you're doing now is you're able to like, you're helping other people, you're sort of like going exponential with your impact, right? So, you've gone from Definitely. one-to-one impact, which is personal training. Then you've sort of gone one to many, which is like, okay, I'm going to have a facility. I'm going to impact my team. My team are going to impact other people. And now you're actually going exponential because you're actually able to impact other business owners who are then able to then go and spin that out and spin that out and spin that out. So, that's that's awesome. I love that. So, wh- when did you start getting interested in property? 
I suppose I've sort of always been interested in property. Um, like my first, obviously, big investment was 21. I bought my first house um, and literally it broke, broke the bank. <laughs> every cent I had, I sold everything I could to, to get a property with my partner at the time. Yeah. And I've yeah. always, you know, when I was flying flight, I always was interested in property. But yeah. I suppose I was never in a position where I thought I could become an investor because I always you know, saw these people getting stuck at one property. Mm. Everyone had one property plus one investment. And I was like, well, I don't really see the benefits of that. And again, I wasn't educated well enough at the time. So when I've sold, I sold the gym um, and obviously I'm now with my partner, we, we bought a property ourselves. And I was like, okay, I really want to get into you know, investing and looking at opening up some other revenue streams and start thinking about more long-term investments rather than like, how can I make some quick cash here and there? Yeah. So I suppose probably in the last 12 months, it's become a really, um, I suppose, a bigger interest for me um, until sort of, I think it was five months ago, I think I reached out to you guys and we mm. we started the process to get the, the first essentially investment property underway. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about it. And what's your what's your goal? Like why, why, you know, you said you got interested in, you started thinking about, yeah, long-term investments and stuff and that that's cool, but why? Why do you even care? Because there's a lot of people out there making good coin and just spending it, you know? So why, why, why investing at all? What's the goal? Yeah. And I suppose the, the way I sold my fitness business, I'm essentially getting paid out over the next three years for my right. business. So right. I have income coming in every month. And I know the fact that I could just sit the money in the bank account, but it's not going to actually do anything for me. Um, so I was like, how can I get this money to actually work for me and set me up for the future? I always sort of had this goal to be semi-retired by 40 and, you know, be advising businesses and sort of you know, doing what I'm doing now, but I suppose more of a part-time type role. <laughs> I'm not, I think that would ever happen because I love what I do, but I wanted to have other revenue streams to, to sort of set me up, you know, when I'm mm. 45, 50 and 60, where I don't have to be working like my parents did until they're 65 um, and they're flogging my guts out. Yeah, totally. And it's quite interesting as well that you touched on there. You probably won't go part-time because you love doing what you're doing. Part of it is just getting to the point where you can choose that, right? You're probably, exactly right. Yeah, you probably still keep doing exactly what you're doing. It's like, you know, you look at know, Bill Gates, for example. You know, he obviously didn't – for a very, very, very long time ago, he didn't have to work ever again. But guess what? He continued yeah. to do so, right? So, um, yeah, no, that's that's really cool. So, before you before you started to go on that path of like okay now I want to like start thinking about how do I build a portfolio and how do I how do I make bigger longer term bets, what was your what was your kind of um, social network like? Were any, was anyone else into property investing? Did you have friends and family doing it, or was this something that you just kind of came up with on your own, or how'd you come to it? Yeah, it's very interesting. My my parents had one investment property um, that they had and sort of never could get past that. And then none of my friends actually in, invest at all. Um, it's just that I got speaking to Jimmy, who's obviously my boss now, um, and we jumped on a call um, with Charlie, who we do some work with. Yep. And Charlie He's been was on the podcast his, plenty of times. Yeah, yeah. He has. He has. And Jimmy was always speaking about his portfolio. So I just started to pick his brain a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, okay, my financial obviously situation changed. Now, the first five years of owning a gym, gym owners don't get paid very well. So I was never in a position where I had you know, any free-flowing cash. My wife was the breadwinner for years. Mm-hmm. Um, so my cash started to free up a bit. And obviously with the sales, like, okay, I'm now in a position where it's worthwhile investing my time because there's an outcome that can come from it. Mm-hmm. Where if I started looking at it five years ago, 
the return on my time researching it would have been mm. so far in the future. So I just spent my time acquiring skills that were more beneficial at that time. So now that I've sort of got the, the financial position where I can go and invest, mm. I've sort of heavily started to, to research and look into it and you know, just speak to more people that essentially are older than I am that have looked at investing or started investing just to pick their brain and get some you know tips. Yeah. And what, what, what have you learned from picking those, uh, the brains of people that are older and people around you? What have you learned out of that? I think a big thing is like, I would say 90% of them have always been stuck at one property. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to say that in a couple of weeks, I'll be <laughs> on two properties. <laughs> so that's the big one. And they, they don't, never had a strategy. It was just, I know I should invest. I'm going to get an investment property. They never spoke to anyone to advise them on, okay, what's the actual game plan long-term? of having investment properties. What's the benefits? How do I actually get past that? The one, that's probably the biggest lesson I've learned, actually you know, having a game plan from the start. And again, the game plan is never always going to go to plan, right? It's just a, a map and knowing that it's going to change, but having something in place with an end goal mm. that you can work to. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because a lot of um, a lot of investors, let's say they own their home and then they buy one investment property. It's not really an investment property. It's a second. It's a second property, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not really. There's no. There's no investment thesis. There's no like. It's just like I now have two houses, and that's yeah, that's, <laughs> that, it. that's kind of like as big as it gets. That's awesome. So what's um, so where do you what do you want to achieve in your property portfolio? Are you, are you going for size and scale, or are you thinking like I want to build a I want to build a legacy and and pass it on to the kids or are you trying to go fast and furious? What's the, what, how do you feel about it? Yeah. So um, I suppose the, the team that I'm working with at the moment, obviously we, the first goal, obviously to get the first one and sort of reassess where everything was at. Um, so that sort of happened now. We're about to do sort of some strategy and planning over the next couple of weeks. Ideally, I want to get to a position where I can have income from the property where my partner doesn't have to work if she chooses not to. She's a teacher and obviously we want to, we want to have a family. So be in that position where if she doesn't want to work, she doesn't need to, but also be able to, again, like have, have that legacy and, you know, be able to set the kids. I mean, looking back now, you know, if my parents could have had a couple of properties when they bought their first house, mm. as kids, we'd be absolutely laughing because, <laughs> you know, they paid nothing for what we're paying for property now. So just be able to set my family up for their future. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, a lot, because you know, if you go back 20, 30 years, they were probably saying property prices couldn't keep going up and stuff like that. And and then here we are, right? Well, I still remember we, we bought a house, for those of you that are in Perth, it was in Canning Vale. And we had to drive like 10 minutes through bushland to go and look at the block where mum and dad first bought it. And I still remember my grandparents saying, I can't believe you're moving out there. It's a swamp. Literally now, you know, Canning Vale is pretty much, you know, suburbia. It's yeah you know, grown massively and houses and properties in Perth just keep getting pushed further north and south. It's ridiculous. So now what's it going to be like for our kids if they can even get a property? Yeah, totally. Did you ever, like when you started getting interested in property, or, or I'd be interested to know like how your mindset around what's possible has changed because as you said, like, you know, pretty stoked you're going to be buying a second property pretty soon. You, you only started investing recently, you only just settled on your first one. Now you're going to buy your second one. How, has it kind of changed what you thought might be possible? It definitely has made me, I suppose, reassess what, what is possible. And again, it, without having a, a strategy and plan, I would have never realised what was possible. Mm. But also speaking to better people. Mm. Again, like I'm a big believer in, you know, you are the average of the five people you spend the most amount of time with. 
So just leveling up, you know, speaking to, to Charlie, who's got, you know, <laughs> I'm not sure how he's got a lot of properties now. He's got a and very healthy portfolio. Yeah, so. very healthy. Um, but speaking to those sort of people and seeing, you know, what they've done and how they've done it and mm -hmm. the little bits of the strategy behind it yep. has definitely opened my eyes up to what you can achieve with, with a good strategy. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And so how do you feel about have you, how do you feel about your first property that you bought that you've settled on now? How do you feel about that? It's, it's really funny because when I first spoke um, – to, you know, the team at Dash, like, we're speaking about everything on the East Coast. Oh, occasionally we buy in Perth, occasionally. Well, lucky enough for me, my first property is in Perth. So as soon as I found that out, I got hold of the agent um, through the team and like, hey, can can the owner come down and look at the property? Now, I was so stoked. I literally drove down, um, you know, two hours down south to look at this property. Um, and it was amazing. Took my wife down there, walked through it, and it just sort of made it really real walking, walking through that. And knowing that this is sort of the first of many, yep. which it's like when you do the first of anything, you know, your kid's first step was like, okay, this is the start. This is what's, you know, achievable. I, I can't wait to see where we are, you know, five, six years time, knowing that it started with this little four by two. Yeah, totally. And it's in a bloody good area too. Like I got to say that I'm so confident in where that area is going. Uh, we got a, we've actually got a property in that in that suburb as well, which is really good. Do you know? Are, are, I'm not sure if you're aware, but we got a valuation done on that recently. Do you know that you've already made a 36.6% return on invested capital? I, I didn't. I knew it had gone up because when I went down to to do the final inspection with the guys, he's like, "What did you pay for this?" And I told him. He was like, "Man, I could sell this today." Like he was trying to sign me back up to resell it <laughs> for the real estate. Like I could sell this for like an extra fifty grand today. And I was so <laughs> I knew there was going to be some good numbers. Um, and I'm just excited for it. Yeah, totally. No, that's awesome, man. And um, what do you? What's been the like? What's been the biggest eye opener since working with since working with Dashdot? Like, what's been the thing that's kind of like changed for you, or the biggest eye opener that you've had? I suppose the biggest eye opener again is just education. Yeah, like you, you think you're getting the right education. It's just knowing what to be looking at, what to be researching, and what to be educating yourself on. It's like anything. There's mm. so much information about investing on the internet. It's easy to go down rabbit holes and end up in a rabbit hole you don't want to be in. Yeah. So by chatting with the team and understanding, okay, this is what we're looking at financially. This is what we're looking at, why we're looking in certain areas. So then, you know, like obviously I started to look for the second one. I've already started to sort of do some looking. What areas do I like? What's sort of happening, especially um, where my first one is? to make it a good opportunity. So it's just knowing what to look at and then having, again, having qualified people to chat to about my ideas. And again, someone's like, Brad, that's a stupid idea. <laughs> and someone's yeah. like, oh, that's really good. It makes sense. So just having that person to, to bounce ideas off. Nice, nice. Um, how do you think that this will change the way? Because you mentioned earlier, like imagine if your parents had bought a bunch of investment properties, you know, when you were younger, I was, that would have massively, not only would they, you and your family be in a different position, right? It would have changed the way you were thinking about money and investing from from early on, right? And you've got kids. So I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested to to know how you're thinking about that. Like, what's the impact? What do you think this impact is going to have on your kids? They're, they're as you said, they went to the property, and you know, they're going. They're part. They're on the journey with you as well, right? So, yeah, I think I think it's just about you know opening my my kids up to what is possible. Mm. It, like, obviously, if you work really hard and you know you're educated and and speak to the right people and hang around the right people, you know, you're open to a whole range of possibilities. And investing is just one of those things, but definitely um, just opening them up to what is possible and what's out there. And also a big thing around 
understanding your finances and how you can make your money and your assets work for you. Mm. That's a big thing I never sort of understood just until recently is it's great to have, you know, a, a primary residence that you have, but how can you leverage that property to actually open up other opportunities? Yeah, that's awesome. And thinking about your uh, thinking about your involvement in like the business sector, business owner, business coach, all of that kind of stuff. Where do you see property investing fit? Where do you see that property investing fits into a business owner's journey? Because that's because you mentioned it, you mentioned earlier on, like gym owners, for example, don't make a lot of money. But like, how might that have changed? And like, now that you've kind of got a different perspective and you're starting to invest, where do you think it fits? Yeah, I think the big thing with with business owners is most most again most gym owners um, start off as PTs. PTs take a lot of cash because they can until they realize they want to go and open a business and no bank will touch them because they have no income. So when I first went from personal trainer to gym owner, I was making really, really good money, but a lot of it was cash. So it was, okay, now I need to get this on the books, run it through properly, get it done and actually have some financial stability so I can go and start you know, lending against it and things like that. So that's a really big one. Understanding your financial health of your business and looking over especially in the fitness industry, people don't look over their numbers enough. So, you know, looking over P&Ls, looking over where they're wasting money and where they're spending money to see how they can leverage that asset to open them up for other opportunities. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think that, so first, I agree with you. I think a lot of business owners generally, not just gym, not just gym business owners, but most business owners don't spend enough time actually understanding the numbers, you know, going through it and actually understanding what, is going on here. But I think there's another there's another piece in there as well that for business owners who buy investment properties, residential investment properties, it can actually give them a much better base, right? To from which to be able to, you know, launch, support, manage their 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 business interests. Not necessarily even just directly financially, but indirectly from a from like a, a security perspective. I know loads of loads of business owners who once they have started investing in property, it's kind of like, okay, now I've got this value stream that's happening in another area of my life. It's not, it's not all just in the business. You know what I mean? And I think that's, I think that could be a game changer for people. Definitely, I definitely think a lot of, a lot of, again, businesses they're not aware of what's possible. Yeah, they're not sure how to go and go about actually doing it and who to speak to to help them get there. So you know, before when I was in, you know, in the gym, I was like, no idea how I would go and you know get an investment property and help it mm. grow my business. So. Again, you know, chatting to, to Charlie and people like yourself, it's like, okay, how do we actually set this up so it is beneficial for my business? Because I don't know how I can take money out of my business or even loan against it to make this even work. So, you know, having people like you know yourselves and Charlie and other people in the industry to to learn from and okay, this actually is possible and it's a viable option to do, and this is why. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's pretty interesting and. Um, just thinking as well about the fact that you went, you have one of the very few Dash Dot clients that actually went, has actually gone and physically been to one of the properties that they've bought. How do you? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I used to say that only two of our clients have ever been to the property. I think you might make it number three, uh, which is really interesting. How do you? How would you feel, or how would you? How would you cross the mental hurdle? Or like, if you were buying in, like on the east coast of Australia, and you're on the west coast of Australia. How do you kind of cross that chasm mentally? Because a lot of people do think about real estate investing as being something they need to be able to see and touch and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. I suppose it's the opposite. I was completely prepared to not be able to see it. Mm. So it was kind of like, okay, I'd, I'd already just like detached from seeing it. Yeah. So I suppose the biggest thing for me, and you know, the, the team, 
you know, sent over so many photos of the property. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's like you've been there anyway. Mm. Um, and the, the communication with, you know, the building inspectors and everyone that's going through the property, um, as long as that, I think that's there, then it won't be as big an issue. I suppose where most people would think, you know, the really big hurdle is they see a couple of photos that you get on the ad for the property, you know, five or six, yeah. and that's all you get. That would cause me a bit of anxiety. Yeah, fair enough. Because you know, half going the time, the- those photos could be pretty. Wack- could be, I've seen yeah. some. I've seen some pretty photoshopped photos. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So you know, we have photos of you know a couple of angles of every different room. Um, it definitely gives you the confidence that you know you're getting a good property. Yeah, awesome, awesome. What do you see your life looks like in twenty five years? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I suppose that the the thing for me, like in twenty five years, I'll be sixty. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I dare say like, I'd, I'd probably be, you know, in the business advising realm. Um, you know, we've got some pretty big plans to, you know, sort of grow the fitness businesses and then go into more just, you know, general business coaching for the, the aspects that we do. But I suppose also, you know, being able to, you know, educate business owners on what is actually possible for their business, you know, helping business owners that were stuck where I was five years ago not understanding, you know, how to grow their business, how to look over the finances to actually leverage not only themselves and their family, but also their staff. Because the big thing we're finding now is so hard to find really good staff mm. and you can't just look after them in work. You have to look after all aspects of their life. So yeah. how can business owners help their staff be fully fulfilled so they can keep them for longer? Yeah, yeah. I think that's, I think that's a big missing piece uh, in business is that, People don't like business owners. Some business owners don't realize that the team is literally the business. Like it is literally the business, you know. But it is. It's. It's like if you can find the right team, and if you can really genuinely care, not just you know add a couple of benefits and think, oh yeah, we've ticked some boxes, and you know whatever. You know, like like think about what would you like? How how can you actually care? How do you really give a shit and show up for them and make sure that they're loved and respected and cared for and they've got a safe place and they're fulfilled and they're doing work that they love and all if you can do that dude it's like a rocket ship because everyone's everyone's rowing in the same direction like and the more people you add to the boat there's more people swinging on the swinging on the oars and if everyone's running the same same direction the boat goes faster right it's it's pretty fancy that fancy that (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. it's 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 crazy yeah i think that's that was one of the biggest eye openers for me i think is um you know, not long after we started the business, we realized, you know, we started hiring a few people and then we thought, oh, hang on a second. We haven't really thought about this. So we said, oh, let's actually reset, start again. And then we've, we've done it really consciously from, 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 from there on. And we said, okay, how do we make the best, make this the best place to work in Australia? I mean, it's awesome. You know, it's just such an inspiring place to work when you're, when you're in that kind of environment. So definitely. And, and your employees are a lot happier as well because, you know, they're happy at work. They're also happy at home. Yeah. So it's just a better place. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. Awesome. We'll do anything else. We anything else you want to kind of cover before we move into the last little bit? No, that mate, obviously, absolutely loved it. It's been it's been a great chat, and you know, again, the team at Dash Dot, again, like communication is is massive for me, and I'm the guy that likes to pick up the phone and have a conversation rather than bounce back and forth on mm. emails. I don't read. I'm not a. I don't enjoy reading, so I skim yep. emails. I miss half of everything. So obviously, like jumping on a call is a big thing for me, which the team has been absolutely awesome about. Um, and again, it's so one thing again with you know business owners, gym owners, people in general. Once you understand someone's communication style, mm. it makes life so much easier. 
hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, what? Because everyone communicates in different ways, right? Some people communicate by short text, some long yeah. emails, some only phone calls. You know, all of that. That's it. Yeah, working out all those quirks and working out how to communicate effectively is 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 the key. So, mate, I want to ask you one final question before we before we wrap it up for today, right? So, imagine it's your last day on Earth, right? Many, many, many years into the distance. 50, 60 years off in the distance somewhere. It's your last day on earth. You've achieved everything that you wanted to achieve. You've done all the business advisory stuff. You've helped thousands, millions of business owners around the world to live more fulfilled lives, create better businesses, have a huge impact. Your family's had a great time. You've done everything. But on the last, on as soon as you pass, everything you've ever created is going to be going to be wiped from the face of the earth and no, no memory of you ever existing. But you get to leave behind three simple truths. What would you leave behind? Yeah, this is a really good question. And I sat sort of sat the last couple of days so really pondering on this. Um, the first one, you know, opportunity, opportunities don't come to you. You have to create them. Mm. And I think that's a big one. So many people want to, you know, sit, sit where they are and try and wait for things to come to them where you need to actually go out, have conversations, build your network and go and actually create opportunities for yourself. Yeah. Love that's it. The first, that's the first one. Um, and again, like, to find true happiness, First of all, you've got to find happiness within yourself. There's so many people out there trying to, to, you know, make other people happy and do things externally, but deep down inside themselves, they're unhappy. So finding that true happiness internally um, will set yourself up. Yeah, happiness is an inside job for sure. Definitely. (laughs) And then, um, you know, always be a student. Is probably the last one. Always be willing to to go and learn. And the minute you stop learning, you need to understand that people are going to overtake you. I like that. You got to understand that people are going to overtake you. Man, that's awesome. That's that's heavy. How do you? How do you? What do you do to keep learning? It's like in in my calendar, I have like literally an hour every day that I spend on education. So, and what do you do? Bring moment, my, you do podcasts, courses. Like, how do you? What do you do? Yeah. So, my my role is heavily sales focused. Um, so, yeah. obviously, teaching you most how to sell. So, for me, it's it's doing sales coaching myself. I have sales coaches that I still work with. Yeah. It's 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 doing role plays. It's reading books. It's jumping on podcasts. It's you know just looking at ways that I can grow my craft and skill in business, but then also personal. So, you know, listening to to your podcast, listening to other financial podcasts, just upping my game in regards to financial education mm. because it's something I never really had, you know, growing up and, you know, earning good money on FIFO and stuff like that. It was never financial education. It was like, save some money, spend the rest. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you always save some money. That was the nuts and bolts of it. So mm. now really understanding, you know, some good financial education and um, making sure that I'm continually growing that in my, I suppose, my repertoire. Yeah, love it. So you you carve out an hour a day, an hour a day, Monday to Friday. Yeah, so far, yeah, that's awesome. And this is that can be like again, it's podcasts and stuff. It's driving like driving in the car to and from the gym. It's yeah, on the bike. It's you know, there's always times where people can do stuff. It's just again being conscious of it. Yeah, you got to make that conscious choice. I think this is really good, really good, just thread to pull on for a second because you're right. And I think what you said there about you know keeping yourself. If you don't keep educating yourself and if you don't keep growing, you will you will start to fall behind, right? And if you want to get ahead, if you want to if you want to be a winner, you should only be really be competing against yourself. But if you want to be if you want to beat if you want to be a winner against your own potential, you know, the best version of yourself, you need to continuously focus on on improvement and growth and learning and all of that kind of stuff. But it does 
it is a conscious choice because I, I I'm probably you know one of the th- one of the things that I do is I, if I go for a long walk or whatever I'll listen to a podcast or an audio book so I'll probably consume I reckon thinking about it probably an hour's worth of education educational content five days a week as well right? so yeah. it's a good thing to kind of think about how to, how can you get that in your life love that well the other thing is things change. If you stop educating yourself today, let's use Facebook, for example. If you stop educating yourself today on Facebook, mm. in six months' time, the knowledge you have is outdated. Yep. So people that are still using the platform or educating themselves have a far greater advantage than you do mm. because things have changed. Yeah. So you need to constantly be learning because, as we know, everything evolves. Yep. Love it. Love it. Mate, awesome. Loved our chat. Thanks so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Good to see you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.